I kind of liked the way that I did it. Like I liked to see my body go the limit that it could go, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then be okay with the fact that I decided that getting the epidural at that point was okay. And that's kind of what I've followed with each subsequent birth. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Teen. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, happy Monday. So this week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I had Brooke from the Southernish Mama come on the show to talk all about her pregnancies and births. Brooke has a popular Instagram page where she does a lot of fun and relatable content surrounding pregnancy, motherhood, and other lifestyle topics with the use of her letterboard. At the beginning of the episode, you'll hear Brooke and I chat about the realities of being a work-at-home Instagram mom and trials and tribulations of the algorithm and what it's really like to work with a letter board. (laughs) But the heart of the episode surrounds Brooke's pregnancies and birth stories, which were each a little bit different, but certainly had a lot of similarities too. Brooke opens up about some of struggles with mental health and the way that she felt panicked and disconnected from her birth team during her third birth, which isn't something I want for any mom during her labor. Chatting with Brooke was like connecting with an old friend, even though we've never actually spoken outside of Instagram before. Her positive energy radiates through the conversation, and you'll hear her ask me just as many questions as I asked her. At the time of recording this episode, Brooke was pregnant with her fourth baby, but she since has given birth to a beautiful baby boy. She had a number four. (laughs) We can't wait to have her back on the show to share that story too. But without further ado, let's get into Brooke's first three birth stories. Hi, Brooke. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. me. Thanks so so much for coming on today. See, I've said that like dozens of times and I knew I would mess it up one time. So (laughs) thank you for having me, which I'm so happy, but basically I'll reach out to you. So it's kind of like, you know, maybe that's why I got confused. (laughs) Totally. You're like, wait a second. Who's having who? (laughs) Love it. Well, Brooke, tell us a little bit, bit about yourself. I know you're a fellow social media lady too, as I am. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Sure. Yeah. All that good stuff. Absolutely. So I run an Instagram account called the Southernish Mama, which I started when I was pregnant with my second son, Vance. And I've kind of just grown it over time. It's kind of morphed. Um, It started with, again, just talking about pregnancy because my first pregnancy was just such a, a unique time and you can't help but share about it. And at the time I kind of just like journaled, um, on my computer. And so I was like, I might as well just start sharing. 
and it wasn't anything special. It was more just relatability to other moms and kind of sharing just what I was going through. And then I kind of took it up a notch. um, And we were just talking about Maya. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Border Strauss. Yes. 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 It's German. She told me. German. She's not German at all, but her husband is is fully German. Got it. That's where she got her name. Okay. Because I'm like, I know where she's from. You know, she's got a little bit of that cute accent. So, (laughs) so she was kind of like the OG letterboard mom. And I remember I had followed her a while back and then it kind of started like popping up. Um, And she would do kind of these hilarious takes on letterboards with her husband. And they were just so funny and so original. And then at, you know, I think as I kind of developed my social media and I was pregnant, um, the letterboard did become, I had one at my house. I was like, well, a lot more people had started doing it. And I thought it would just be such a fun way to track my pregnancy with that visual aid. And so yeah. I kind of started adding the letterboard into um, my Instagram feed. And it just is that, again, that visual prop that helps people see uh, really what's, you know, what you're trying to say through the image. And not only that, it helps, which I'm sure you know now with your Instagram, any sort of text or information, it keeps um, the viewers on your image longer. So now I know a little bit the algorithmic uh, benefit of using it. We're always and trying at the to time, bust the algorithm. I'm mean, always trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's and now it's changing, and the letterboards. I'm like, yes. oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. I've got to now. I've got to do reels. I've got yeah. to do reels, yeah. and I've got to be funny, and I've got to be a comedian. Um, <laughs> So it, it certainly has changed at the time the letter board had worked. And I think people just kind of jumped on and following my pregnancy journey. And I think I went from like 15,000 followers, pretty much all the way up to like 100,000 followers. And I kind of morphed, you know, from sharing about pregnancy to then just sharing after my son was born. Um, and this was actually my third son because I have three boys now. Um, really just like mom encouragement and like any sort of quote or just something funny, kind of like, you know, you're a little bit of a different genre, but you know, you can be serious, you can be funny, just anything that'll touch your audience in some way. So that's kind of what I do now, but I am pregnant with my now fourth baby. So anyway, so yeah, I run the social media platform and I'm a stay at home mom simultaneously. Um, but I guess I do somewhat um, work, you know, part time, I guess, throughout the day uh, when I can weave it in during naps and all of that. Um, and yeah, I'm just now, uh, I guess, eight months pregnant with our fourth and we aren't finding out the gender. And um, yeah, so just combining that all, I feel like my life is kind of one big uh, everything kind of overlaps, which is actually everything I'd ever hoped for that I could yeah. kind of work and be with my kids and share with other women and, and, uh, try to hold it all together at the same time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh I mean, as uh, we all are right. I mean, yes, <laughs> like we yes. are trying to try to hold it together. No, I love it's- it. Yeah. I love it. No, I explain. So that's kind of how I feel like I'm more a work from, I, I don't really know what my label is anymore. Like, totally. I'm not, 
not really a stay at home mom. Cause like I'm up here in my office talking to you, you know, like totally. I'm working and I'm not really a total work at home mom because like my kids are here sometimes and I do do work during nap times. And it's just, I I'm just like, totally, I guess I kind of <laughs> like it though. Cause I'm like, I, I like that <laughs> we as moms now have so much flexibility to kind of like yeah create our own definition of what it means to satisfy ourselves through, you know, work, be with our kids in whatever capacity we can and kind of like blend it all together. And yeah. Um, you know, it works. It does. So I have a question for you. Do you have a favorite letterboard quote that you've done? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, so I, Oh my gosh. I've done like so many to the point where I'm like, some days I'm like, if I have to hold this letter board, I am going to have a problem. Um, no, I, you know, so I did one today. I just had a friend here with her, uh, kids and she's one of my best friends. We've been pregnant three out of my four pregnancies and three out of three of hers, her pregnancies. Oh, nice. So I, I love doing uh, like the, the group, uh, you know, just when I can bring a friend in and share a photo, I don't know, it just kind of is another connection where maybe my followers can see that I've got, you know, like a social life outside. I have friends guys. (laughs) Yes. I promise (laughs) I'm normal. And here's my friend and she's pregnant too. And it, yeah, it's cute. So that was fun. I like shooting those, but quotes, Oh gosh. I don't even know. There are so many, I, there are certain categories, I guess, that I like talking about and probably same for you that you know that you enjoy talking about them and your followers actually very much enjoy them. Um, I've been able to breastfeed my baby. So talking about kind of like normalizing what that means, like I know my experience, but maybe, you know, a quote about breastfeeding or Mm -hmm. just a a quote about again, like motherhood and friendship or a quote that motherhood is hard. Um, and just that relatability that I can throw out there into the yeah. the internet and kind of get the feedback. So I just, I love talking about topics that my followers like, yeah. um, you know, that my followers get a lot out of. So, um, I guess it's a range of all different sorts of different sorts of topics. So love it. Love it. Yeah. You make, so what I do when I have a letter board up there, um, I used to like, I have all the letters. Okay. So like I used to like literally put them on every put them time. all. Yeah. And now I found a program where like, I can just edit it afterwards. So I just literally hold up like a, like a blank one. Yep. So what do That's, you do? Yeah. So I, kind of prided myself on the fact that I used to build every single one and I would think it through and I actually have still have multiple letter boards and I would like build them out. Yeah. And then I would kind of like bust out the photos even like on one day and like switch my outfit because then I'm like, I don't want to do this every single day. Right. But then I was like, why am I using my little fingers? It's so much time. It takes so much time and aesthetically, I think it looks nice because you can slightly like ever so slightly tell that the font now, yes, now I Photoshop the font onto the letter board and just hope and pray that my followers don't care. And I think that at the end of the day, we're both busy people, we're busy moms. So it's like whatever hacks 
that you can like try to keep the integrity of what you're trying to hit at, which for us is like information, you know, or opinion or whatever. And if we can do that, save ourselves some time, you know, for me, I have my kids in the photos a lot and I want to play with them during the day and get other stuff done. So it's like, yeah, I can't sit there for 30 minutes and like build out a letter board anymore. Same girl, same. (laughs) You know, I I, I stopped doing it after like, I don't know how long I was doing it just, just myself, but I actually got one of those, um, I don't even know what it's really for, like pills or something, but it's like a giant mm-hmm. pill organizer. And I had them all like, Me too. Because, because that it's is the ABCD. Such, yeah. Yes. Because that, oh that was the biggest PETA is like the, all the letters were mixed up and I originally had them in like this bag and then and you have to like, like find them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or it you're was missing, just like, you don't have enough teas and you're like, yes. well, now <laughs> I have to do a whole new quote because I ran out of teas. <laughs> And no, trust me, I think the headache that came with it, I was just like, you know what, like at one point, yes, I did pride myself on that. But now it's just so much faster. And you can be more flexible with what you want to say. So it's like, whereas we were building them before, you had to really commit to what you were going to do or say that's on that board. And what I found with me is sometimes when I'm like writing, I get in the zone And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Or like something just like hits me. And I'm like, I want to talk about this today because that's what's on like my heart and my mind. So I think it works so much better. It's a time saver. You get to hit the point that you really want to talk about that day versus being like forced to use something because you're like, well, I spent 30 minutes building this sucker. So we're sticking with it. You know, that's right. I totally (laughs) agree. And my, I know my little one, no, I guess not my little one. My older one used to be my little one. My older one was, you know, two ish, three years old. And sometimes he would be getting onto it and like, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like the yes. kids are, that's like a whole other headache for like, totally. Or like, Blah. have you ever knocked it down on accident yep. oh, yes. and the letters fall off and you're like, no, like I just <laughs> built this stinking thing and yeah. the letters just fell. So I think it was just, I got to the point of like, yeah, too many too many, you know, whatever you call them, like red flags. And I was yeah. like, okay, let's just time to type it out. Totally. (laughs) Totally. So, and yeah, it's interesting because, well, I'm sure, yeah, like you were saying, keeping up with the algorithm, it's such a different beast. And I think now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I need to do something like the letter boards worked and they still do work, but the way that the algorithm changes, you really have to kind of like stick, you have to like stay up to date with it, or you're just, they reward things that they want to, um, be pushed out more. Mm -hmm. And because whether people like to see them more, whether people are just keeping their eyes on it longer and now reels is such a big thing that, Um, it's kind of forced me to face some new challenges where you gotta know. I remember when I started, I was, I had a conversation with another creator who had just started doing reels and I had the same hesitation of like, Oh, I don't, that it seems like it takes so much time, but it does. But I mean, it's kind of at the end of the day worth it. Like if that's what they're they're looking for, I wonder if you could do something with letter boards and reels and the board. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Where I can kind of stay in my lane, but then like act it out a little bit or (laughs) absolutely. I've, it's been on my mind where I'm like, okay, if this is like my 
yeah. avenue. I've got to figure out how to stay like relevant and <laughs> and all that crazy stuff. I'm sure you'll you know. do it. I'm sure you'll uh, do it. Yeah. I, all right. I'll figure it out. Yes. All right, Brooke. Well, let's talk about since, you know, you started your blog, social media, when you were pregnant, I want to talk about your previous pregnancies and your births, and then maybe some plans that you have with this fourth baby's birth. So can you kind of go back? Um, I want to talk about your first one, like before you even started social media, can you kind of go back? And if you don't, if you don't mind sharing how, you know, when you got pregnant with your first one and you've had any issues with loss or miscarriage or anything, getting pregnant. And then we could talk about that pregnancy and those births and then we can kind of get absolutely. Absolutely. So starting with my oldest, and again, I have three boys pregnant with my fourth. So starting with my first, his name is Rhett. And my husband and I had just gotten married and I had worked so hard to get into um, Georgetown business school. I got in, we planned to get married before I started my program so that I wouldn't have to think about a wedding or wedding planning or anything like that. Um, we flew home on a red eye from Kauai on our honeymoon, which is so nice. I started opening term of business school and Ryan got to work. He had just started this amazing job. He's a lawyer in DC, like got this amazing job opportunity. And so we were so busy and a few weeks into starting business school, I wasn't feeling good. And like, I was so tired. It was my birthday. And usually I'm like, let's go like, I don't know, like get a margarita or let's do, you know, let's go do something fun. And I was just sitting on the couch being like, I'm so tired. I don't even want to get up. And he, we had just gotten married. Right. And so we'd only date, I think we dated and were engaged for like a year and a half total. And I think he looked at me like, Oh my gosh, like, did I marry this girl? And now she's like different. Cause I was so just like <laughs> exhausted and like yeah. not feeling well. And so he's like, we probably should get you to a doctor. And I was like, well, let me take a pregnancy test because I, you know, but we were so busy that at that point I was like, I don't know how that could be possible, but let's rule it off. And sure enough, we had just bought like a tiny one bedroom, 600 square foot condo. I took the pregnancy in that bath, pregnancy test in that bathroom and positive. Yeah. I came out (laughs) and I just sat down and I was like, what? And I've always wanted to be a mom, but I think the time, the timing of it all, I was just like, I, I've worked so hard to get into school and I don't know how I'm going to do this. So anyway, but then the anxiety turned into excitement and I committed to finishing my program, which was a two-year program. Luckily, uh, Rhett, our son, who we didn't know the gender, boy or girl, was supposed to be born right in the middle, right in summer of my first and second year. So then I'd have to just finish the second year of school as um, a mom. So it actually worked out like timing wise, it worked out pretty dang well. And with school, I think after I had him, um, I had a babysitter come and she, I had someone come like 20 hours a week. Um, so that pregnancy though, I, I think when you're pregnant the first time, and I don't want to speak for every one, but for me personally, it was just such something I had anticipated for so much of my life that it was like this. It's almost kind of like I equate it to like how I felt when I was getting married, where you feel like 
you're like, I've been waiting for this my entire life. So everything is like elevated, right? Like everything is hiked up to the maximum, or at least it was for me. And people are like, what would you have done differently? And I'm like, I feel like I was kind of like a little bit of a diva because when you're going through it, you know, I'm like for, for good reason, a little bit because you're doing this amazing, beautiful, wonderful thing. Um, but in the same sense, I think I was, you know, now that I've, I guess what I'm trying to say is now that I've, this is my fourth pregnancy, it's kind of like par for the course a little bit, but that first time as it it probably would be, yeah, like, you know, (laughs) and I even, even things like working out, like I've worked out pretty much my exercise my entire life. I didn't really exercise because even just it felt weird or I just didn't want to hurt the baby or like, God forbid something went wrong. Um, and then eating, I was like, well, I have to eat enough because then you're worried about the baby. It was just constant anxiety. I think just like, I want to make sure the baby's safe. Like what if this affects the baby? So I gained, I ended up gaining, I think like, well, I stopped looking at the scale after I had gained, I think like 60 pounds. And I still at that point had like a month and a half to go. So I gained a ton of weight. Um, but he was born at 40 weeks. Uh, he, I, my water broke at 40 weeks, right on his due date. So oh, he was wow. born the day after his due date, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I delivered him, I guess, well, you would know better than I do, but the nurses were like, your labor was kind of like a textbook delay textbook labor. If we could describe it that way, it was like yeah. my water broke at midnight I started contracting right away. I dilated one centimeter every hour and my labor was 10 hours. So he was born at like 10 a.m. Oh, wow. They did have me labor down for quite a bit of time. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm curious about that because I had a situation with my third where they had me labor down and I was just talking to my girlfriend about it where I was like, I don't understand the labor down thing. Like, because I always go into, and I don't want this to sound bad. I always like going to labor at midnight. So I always get like the night I'm like, do the doctors just want to like sleep? And then they'd have me like sit there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, and we'll get into this. I'm group B strep too. So I'm like, I know that with my first and third, I was like, do they want me to like, I don't know if that has anything to do. I know I don't want to start rumors. I'm you will stand here to correct me, I'm sure. But oh, good. this isn't, I know that I'm capable of having babies, but I don't know, you know, the nuances and the science behind it. So I always have my questions since I've gone through it now almost like four times. There's always so, always stuff to learn too. I mean, yes. you know, even the fourth time around. Yeah. So with yeah. laboring down, with laboring down, usually what I tell people, it sounded like it was appropriate in your first one. Um, it's not always just for like a, a, a convenience kind of reason, but okay. I think I think maybe some providers do it for that way for that reason, but sure. it's more actually, um, a, a reason because, so if you get to where you're 10 centimeters dilated and your baby's still a little bit high in your pelvis and okay. you an epidural and you're nice and comfortable with your epidural, Got it. not feeling like the urge to push the urge, you're, 
contractions, your uterus will, they'll just have you kind of sit at 10 centimeters and not push because your contractions will just kind of naturally push down baby. And then it usually can help you decrease your pushing time and fatigue, fatigue. So that brings me to my next question of like, how long did you push with your first one? So with my first, I think I pushed for like, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes or so. Perfect. Then they yeah. labor down the, the perfect amount of time. And that, yes. that, that sounds And we'll great. get, we'll get to the third birth story yeah. soon. And I'm curious to hear your take on that. Cause that one was where I had a lot more questions. Like the first okay. time around when you go into these situations, or at least when I did, you, um, you kind of just take everything at face value. Right. Yeah. But then once you've done it a few times, especially when you have repeat experiences, it often raises questions like, well, why did they do it that way? Or like, why didn't I maybe ask for more or ask a few more questions? So, so that was Rhett. So he was my first. So I'd say that was generally, um, you know, a, I guess, I don't even know if you could define like a standard labor. I got an epidural. Um, I tried to go and I know you've birthed without them, which Mm -hmm. man, I mean, I tried. Let me tell you, I tried. And I was sitting there like convulsing on the hospital yeah, bed. And at that point, I think I was like five centimeters. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I can't go like five more. If I was going to dilate one centimeter, I was like, I can't go five more hours. And so I just yeah. ca- or not caved I, either way is great. Right. But for me, it was just such a, it was perfect to get it the time that I did. Cause I, I went as far as I could feeling the contractions. And the first time going through it. That's what I wanted. I was like, I'll give it my best shot. I didn't do any sort. And I know that you have a lot of my followers ask if, uh, for resources, especially with COVID right now and not being able to access birthing plans. And so I had mentioned you on the story and I know you have like just a variety of, because some women decide I do want an epidural. I already know some women decide I want to do unmedicated, you know, Um, I guess from that point, I kind of liked the way that I did it. Like I liked to see my body go the limit that it could go, you know, Mm -hmm. and then be okay with the fact that I decided that getting the epidural at that point was okay. And that's kind of what I followed with each subsequent birth is like, go until you can go. Mm -hmm. If you you know, when you get to that point, then, you know, get the epidural. And for me, that's birthed three beautiful, healthy babies. And um, so I'm sticking with it. (laughs) Right, right. Love it. So with your second one, you're saying it was similar, a similar. So Vance was actually slightly different. Um, So I, he, I was had to be induced with him at 41 weeks. Okay. Um, and he's the only baby I had to be induced with. Um, so 41, I was waiting and that was kind of, once again, like pregnancy can be so similar, but I had never gone over my due date. So that at that point I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you read, it's so hard when you're in that position. Cause you read all this stuff and you're like, what do I do? Like, do I wait? Because there's like different schools of thought. So at that point, uh, my doctor had mentioned 
that I could get induced as early as 39 weeks, Mm -hmm. just based off of, you know, what, I don't know, you know, and, but I was kind of in the camp that, well, I had my other son at 40, my water broke. So let's just kind of ride it out. Um, which I'm curious your thoughts on that, because I know the 39 week thing, and it totally depends on the doctor too. Like some doctors are, and that's what makes it hard for moms, right? Where you're like, well, some doctors like theorize that this is okay. And then others are, you know, like I have a friend and her doctor wasn't too keen on going at the 39 week mark. So it kind of puts you as a mom in like a position where you're like, well, I want, and then you hear the stories of people like losing, God forbid their kids Mm -hmm. because they go too long, you know? So it's like you, at the end of the day, moms just want to do the best thing. And sometimes there's like so much gray in determining what that answer is. Right. And you try or, yeah, there is. And even anyway, so it's just hard and you want to be your own advocate, but at the same time you want, you want to listen to your, your OB. Mm-hmm. And so with that, so with Vance, she didn't want me to go past 41. And at that point I was like ready to, ready to go. Um, and so I had to be, I had to be induced. Sorry. I'm like at that stage where I lose my breath so easily, especially when it. I'm talking I've been there. for a long I've been period. There. I'm like, Oh, feel like I'm running the marathon. Um, I get it. So I, let's see, 41 weeks. And I was like going back and forth. Like, should I get induced today? Should I do it tomorrow? Should I just, so we waited to 41. Um, I went in and this is another topic, Pitocin. You hear the back and forth all the time, you know, and I don't want to stand here on this podcast, like acting like I know, because I'm just a mom. It's like, (laughs) I kind of hear things and then I research things. And then I kind of just take my doctor's word for it slash I. So originally I had heard, you know, I had friends that were like, Pitocin is, you know, da da da. And I was like, well, I'm kind of worried now. So going in, I was going to ask for alternatives to that if there were alternatives, but I forgot. (laughs) And so the nurse, and she was the sweetest woman ever. And the nurses make all the difference in the world. They do. Thanks. And (laughs) she, they really do. They kind of make or break the whole thing. Um, and she started the Pitocin. I forgot to tell her and it, uh, ended up being fine. Like the contractions didn't start. She kind of upped it a little bit. And then they finally picked up, I think after like 45 minutes to an hour, she like upped it. And then his birth was fast. It was like three or four hours. They broke manually, broke my water. I delivered them. I should add that with Rhett, my first, I tore like almost all the way with Vance. He was nine pounds, three ounces. Um, And I, I think I, she gave me like one stitch just for the heck of it. But she's like, nope, like it's so much like, but she saw the scar and she was like, Oh my gosh, that was a bat. That was a big tear. And I'm like, yep. All right. The sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. So this one is a 
a quick one. I got this message from, got this DM the other day from a girl that follows me. And she says, hi, Liesl. After a horrific birth experience for my first baby, I took your Birth It Up Natural Series course back in July in hopes for a natural birth with my second. I gave birth exactly three weeks ago, and I wanted to say it was the best experience ever. Yay. I still can't believe I gave birth without any interventions or an epidural. And I'd like to say it was because your course gave me the confidence and while pushing, I kept thinking to myself, Liesl did it and so can I. So thank you. Oh, that is so sweet. I'm so glad that she could have such such a redemptive experience after having, like she said, a horrific birth experience the first time. So if you want to check out the course that she took, she took Birth It Up, the natural series, and you can head over to mommylabornurse.com and click on the natural series. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. Did they have to, did they have to take you? Do you remember like what degree tear that you had? Did you have a second so or, I, third or fourth? I think I was the one before you tear like all the way. So you're probably so a what, third. Yes. Third degree. I was a okay. third. Yeah. Um, so that was with Rhett and that recovery, like postpartum recovery was That's so yeah. hard. It was, I think it was cause it was my first baby, yeah. my body, like I had gained that extra weight. Um, just everything shuffling around. Cause I went from like my wedding weight straight yeah. to like gaining 60 plus pounds. Yeah. And I, and then not only that I tore like crazy, it was not a traumatic delivery, but it was just the recovery that was hard. So then Vance's recovery was just a breeze, even though mm-hmm. he was slightly bigger than, than Rhett was. Um, so that was his. And how far apart are they? Oh, I know. And this is a whole nother thing. Um, oh, okay. they're, they're, well, they're 22 months apart. Okay. So I okay. should add, I guess. And I, um, I, I think one year after we had Rhett, Ryan and I were kind of like, we'll try, but not try. We never yeah. really had a conversation, but I think we were so excited about having our first. And so I just became pregnant with Beans. I kind of had a hunch, um, that I might be, and took a test, but I was breastfeeding still while I got pregnant. I was, yeah, at like the year mark after having had my son. Mm-hmm. And I have theories on this. Once again, I never like to give bad information, but I had pretty bad postpartum depression after my second mm-hmm. um, son. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who, I don't know why I have, you know, theories about Mm-hmm. why I think one of my theories and this could be completely wrong is that they were closer together and I think I never really gave my hormones a chance to normalize mm-hmm. like that's one of my theories that because just hormonally after my second son was born my hormones were like all over the place mm-hmm. and I just I like I knew that something was off with them. How soon did you know that something was off? So mine didn't start until six months. It was like six months on the dot Mm -hmm. and it just kind of like, well, it started physically. And that's why I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was like a hormone thing where I got these crazy tension headaches Mm. to the point where I had to go to the ER because I didn't know what was happening to me. And they had to do like an MRI And I was kind of like dizzy. Yeah. And just, so that's why I'm like, and then after that, it was like anxiety, just like depression where it would kind of come in waves. Mm -hmm. Um, 
where it was just uh, mentally, I was like, not okay. Physically, I wasn't okay. Um, so that's why I'm like, I think it was like just an intense hormonal, you know, you know, or it could have been stress from having two kids under two, you know, um, there's there's so many different, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Did you have to go on medication or anything? So I didn't, but I had a psych, uh, psychiatrist or psychologist Mm -hmm. at the time that I had, connected with I started mm-hmm. seeing a postpartum like therapist specialist oh, good. um so I met with her a few times and I think just I saw like a holistic doctor um actually saw several holistic doctors over the course of that because with my second second pregnancy I only gained 30 pounds but I like could not lose it whereas with my first I gained like over 60 mm-hmm. but I lost it um without doing much so that's why I think hormonally there was something you know, or who knows, maybe my baby needed it for, but anyway, over the course of that postpartum journey, I met with tons of different doctors, but I didn't go on medication because I did start to come out of it. I think for me, it was like two months of postpartum that I started to kind of come out of it. So, so then now going into your third, how far apart were they? So then two and a half. Okay. years. Okay. And I stopped breastfeeding Vance a little bit. I think with Rhett, I went like 15 months with Vance. I went, um, I think around like nine months because my hormones were just so crazy out of whack. I was yeah. like, you know what? I need to do this for me. Like I need a break. <laughs> I need, that's what I did with my second. Yeah. I was like done at, you know, eight totally. Nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Just my body was kind of like, and I was just like, I need to get to feeling like me again. And at that point we kind of thought we might have another. And so I was like, I need to like get back on track before we can even like go down that road. So it was about nine months. And then it took me about, yeah, two and a half years to where I was like, or the two and a half year gap. So I forget how old Vance was, uh, maybe 18 months when we were kind of like, okay. And then with Bowden, I me neither. I'm like, uh, how many? Yeah. 20. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, then let's see. Then we were ready uh, to go for baby number three. I, um, and at that point it was not like, Oh, let's kind of like try. Cause we had, it had been two and a half or it was, they'd be two and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. I think at that point it, it was like a little bit less. And I was like, I want to have a plan, like start trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took us, I think, four months. I did have a chemical pregnancy. Um, and that kind of like shook me a little bit because yeah. we were trying, you know. But I was still felt fortunate. It was only four months or so. And then um, that next month, I was like not in the mindset to like try. And that, mm-hmm. of course, that was the month we got pregnant. So it was like the month after the chemical pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, he, yeah, his pregnancy, Bowden's pregnancy was super, like I was super active and fit and, um, which brings me to his delivery. It was, I was 39 weeks and five days mm-hmm. and, uh, our family had just gotten into town. We went out to dinner and then I got home that night, got ready for bed. And then my contraction started around like nine mm-hmm. PM and they started coming like regularly. I think I labored at home 
for, and I think until like midnight or so, mm-hmm. and then showed up at the hospital. I can't even remember like how dilated I was once I got there. It wasn't like significant, um, but it was midnight. There was like not a lot of people there, but we we're super excited, obviously. And I think this is one situation where I just like didn't connect with the nurse as well as I would have mm-hmm. hoped. Yeah, and I feel like I'm a very, yeah, I'm just such a connection person. I'm very like, I, you know, I get, it's kind of like your one op, not one. Cause I've done it four times, but like, it's, you only get it like so many times in your life. It's like, you those, really do. I mean, it's a very special moment, unique moment. Yeah. Life, no matter if you have one child or you have eight of them. I mean, totally. Yeah. It's kind of like if you, I don't know. I mean, exactly. Like on your wedding day, if like the guy or gal who's marrying you kind of like says a bad joke, you're kind of like, why? Like, this is my one moment. Like, just like, you know, (laughs) you got shrimp instead of you ordered shrimp instead of chicken or something. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, You're just like, (laughs) come on. Like, this is like the time where you make And it wasn't like she was, it was just not special. Whereas I think I got so lucky with such lovely nurses and situations that like my first time was great. The second time was amazing. And then the third, I was just like, oh, like, so I tried to keep my, I'm like an energy person. I was like, okay, I got to like stay positive, you know, whatever. Um, And I labored until I had to get the epidural, Mm -hmm. which I think at that point was probably around the same time, like five or six centimeters, if I'm recalling it appropriately. Um, And then, and then like, she she was kind of MIA, like she didn't really come in and check me. I feel like, like, and I, this is coming from someone who had like the 10 hour labor. And then I had like the three hour, four hour labor. And so with my third, and they also told me he was smaller, which I'm used to having these nine pound babies. So I was like, this one has got to go by, you know, and that's always, it's not always indicative of that. Like your body could, who knows, but in my mind, I was like, this one's going to go by like snappy. Mm -hmm. She was kind of MIA and I was group B strep for this one. I wasn't for my second. And so I don't know if that played into it, but, and I didn't call my doctor on the way there. I'm like, I don't know if that mattered, but what I wish I would have done is like called the on-call doctor so that they knew Mm -hmm. they had a patient, which after the fact, the nurse said that she had been in touch with the doctor, but they weren't, it was like a a loss of communication. I feel like, like no one really told me that they had talked to the doctor. And then I was kind of like, well, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Um, So didn't really check on me that often. It was more like I had to like ask, like, can she check me? Like, and I would wait because I'm like third kid. But at the same time, I'm like third kid, like this one could come Mm -hmm. faster. So I think it got to be until, let's see. I don't know. They kept saying that they had talked to the doctor and they kept saying that at that point it was like morning. So this had started at like 9 PM and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, where's my doctor? The nurse is kind of MIA. I feel like I'm ready to like, I, I don't know if I like felt an urge to push, but I was getting nervous. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? Like I, but at the same time with an epidural, it's kind of hard to tell too. Um, it is, but sometimes that happens or you start to shake or something when you're getting, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And I think I was, well, yes, I started to get super nervous and they kept promising me that the doctor was going to be there, but then another like hour would go by mm-hmm. and I'm like, um, like, where's the doctor? And then they'd be like, well, I think at this point it was like 7am. They had promised me that the doctor was going to be there at 7am at this point. I don't know how dilated I was. I think I was super close yeah. and I was starting to get nervous because I was like, I feel like I'm ready to have this baby. Yeah. And then they came in at like 7.45 after they said she'd be there at 7. And they said, well, another doctor is going to come, but she's stuck in traffic. She's going to be here now at like, yeah. And I was like, um, am I supposed to like wait to have this baby? So I'm just she gonna like can... hold him in. Okay, no problem. So that's when my question about laboring down comes yeah. in because it was like, am I laboring down? Or like, I was just getting so nervous at that point. Cause I had, at this point I had been like waiting for probably yeah. a good four hours wow. for someone to kind of come in and tell me like what the plan was. So then thank goodness my husband was there. My dad was there. My mom was there. My dad, I'm like daddy's little girl kind of. And so I was in tears when they came in and I was just like, I'm so confused. Like, where is the doctor? Nobody's told me like, who's coming in at this point. Um, Now someone's stuck in traffic. Like I'm kind of starting to panic. I just want a doctor in here. And I don't even know where the nurse was at that point. Like, I don't know why she wasn't in there. And I don't know why she hadn't told me where I was at and how long I could sit. You know what I mean? I was just like, ah, like who's going to manage the situation right now? Yeah. So the head of hospital came in or my dad had a good chat with her and she was so nice. And she's just like, we have a doctor here who can come in right now. If you feel like you're ready to go, he's, you know, fully like, do you want us to do that? And I was like, I didn't, I'm the kind of person I'm like, I don't want to inconvenience anybody, but I was also like, yes, (laughs) literally I was like, I don't want to, I was in tears because I hate being in those positions. I was just like, I, like, I shouldn't be having to decide this right now. Once again, you know, I'm like, I don't know. So I was like, please, like, I would just like him to come and at least give me like a professional analysis. And sure enough, he like pulls out and he was like, we're having this baby right now. Essentially, like the baby was about like I pushed not even like one time. Yeah. And I could have probably told you that. I mean, come on, four hours of just like right. I was it was so bizarre. And I did, you know, recap it on my blog in the nicest way possible. But that one was a little bit disappointing. I think it was just I didn't connect with the nurse. The doctor was MIA. Both doctors ended up coming in and like profusely apologizing, which at that point I just had my baby in my arms and it was like, again, I'm a nice person, but it was kind of the last thing I wanted to hear because I was like, I was like, this was just kind of, I have my baby. I'm happy now. Like I just, you know, I want to move on, you know? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, he was born healthy and that's all that matters. And they're smaller too. He was six pounds. Yes. He was six pounds, 15 ounces. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. That's why he came out so fast. He just slip slide, right? Totally. Like, and, yes. quick. and they told me that. And I was like, I don't birth small babies. Like my first was like eight thirteen. My yeah. second was nine pounds, three ounces. And sure enough, the OB, you know, way before I even went into labor, she was like, it's a smaller baby. So at that yeah. point I was like, I wonder if it's a girl, you know, but yeah. all these generalizations yeah. and right. no, he came out, he was a boy and he was six pounds. 
15 ounces basically fell out, which, yeah. you know, but looking back, I think, yeah, you always want your labor experience to be just so positive. And I think, you know, when you go, you just want it to flow, you know, and when it doesn't, it, it can be, you know, mm -hmm. even though mine is probably on the scale of scary, like a two, you know, but I think anytime you're in that situation, it can be just when you feel like helpless, you know? Yeah. And especially oh. when there's a huge, it sounds like there was just a huge breakdown of communication with your nurse. Like your nurse definitely should have stepped up and explained kind of the time. That's usually like the first yes. thing I kind of do with a patient is like, say, okay, this is timeline of how, what's going on right now. Totally. And, you know, like I am going to check you right now, or I'm not going to check you right now, or the doctor's doing this or like, Hey, you just got an epidural or you feel it's, you, you kind of have to play that sort of game. And it sounds like totally, she, she just kind totally. of totally, and you were just confused. Yeah, where it almost felt like, oh, this is her third, or this is an assumption, but like, oh, this yeah. is her third, and so she kind of, she's she probably more relaxed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she can chill yeah. for a little yeah. bit, but I was more like, um, kind of like definitely yeah. panicking. So again, it could have been way worse, but for me, that was, I don't want to say it was bad. It was a wonderful experience. He, it was like still a very lovely labor experience, like starting contractions at home, yeah. um, dilating consistently all in all. It was, you know, if I started him at 9 PM, I had him at, I think like 8 AM or something around that. So, yeah. um, but yeah, looking back, I'm like, had I been in the care of somebody else who was a little bit more on it, like mm -hmm. it just probably would have been a much more, uh, enjoyable experience, yeah. I think. Totally. So, um, but yeah, so with this fourth, that's given me perspective to like, I talked to my doctor about it and mm -hmm. I was just like, cause she, she's testing me for group B strep this time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had it with one, had it with three, didn't have it with two. And so she was like, if you have it, if you, even if you test negative, um, I still want you to get the antibiotics mm -hmm. and I'm all nervous from last time because I'm like, I don't want someone to force me to like sit in labor. If I, that's just yeah. a pending thought on my mind that I'm like, that was such a bad experience that I'm like, I don't want to have to, you know, that does but I don't know. Me, that does strike me as a little bit odd unless you had, did either of your babies have any issues afterwards with fevers or no, I know. Like if you had a history of a baby having issues, then I could yeah. totally understand why your provider would say, okay, we're going to treat you even if you do come back. Negative. Totally. But, so maybe I'll yeah, push back on that I would one. Just, yeah. I would just question it further of, you know, just kind of say, is, is that really necessary? Can you kind of explain to me totally. why you're thinking that? And then it might, and then there might be a reason that I'm not thinking of that's in your health history that I'm not aware of that. She's like, totally oh, because of this or this, that, and the other. Absolutely. So, yeah. It was so, just one of those things. Yeah. Where like, kind of like you get spidey sense and you're like, well, yeah. why Always do I have to do that? Always totally. Just talked about it in my story today of like using your voice as a mom. It's I think so, so. So, so important. Yeah. I want to know, Brooke, with your fourth pregnancy now, um, I first want to know, like, what do you think you're having? If you oh, think gosh. you're having <laughs> a boy or a girl or what? Yeah. What do you, think you're what do you can you tell? Stand or is up. there like, Let me see. I know. 
And I, I still, I'd have to see your other, I'd have to see your other bills. Right. That's like, what people say. But <laughs> so I know. And it's funny. Cause like with Bowden, I carried smaller cause he was so yeah, small. Yeah. And then with Vance, I carried big and round. Yeah. Cause he was just a, you know, a tank. And so this time I feel like I'm carrying maybe a little bit more similarly to Bowden, yeah. but I've gained 10 pounds more than I have with both Vance and Bowden, which I'm like, man, but yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's another boy just because I feel like I don't even still don't even know. I know how babies get made, but I'm like, I don't know how like the sperm, I don't know how it determines the yeah. sex of the baby yeah. anymore. I think you're more, and don't quote me because I'm not a, I'm not an expert yeah. on either, but I think you are more like, like the more of the same sex that you have, the more likely it's like you're more likely going right? to have the same sex. That's, yeah. But to me, yes, that makes the most sense because yeah. I'm like, if it has to do with, I'm getting like TMI, but like the speed of the sperm or whatever, yeah. I'm like, doesn't that, wouldn't that mean that like, that's the kind that my husband makes. Like, I don't know. Oh, like, no. <laughs> but then people are like, it has to do with like your, you know, and I, I love being having a platform, but then I also get all these kind of like funny comments about like why I'm going to have what I'm going to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just oh, like I assumptions. All- Same. Right. I had, I put out a story. Um, what, cause I also didn't find out genders, both of mine. So I know all the feelings and all the thoughts that you have in your head. But I remember saying one comment with, with my second one with Ryan and I have two boys as well. Um, Okay. But with, with Ryland, um, I talked about how my leg hair like stopped growing (gasps) with him. That happened to me too. Okay. Yeah. So like, crazy. yeah, it didn't happen with Walter. Like it was fine. And then I had happened with him and everybody was like, you're having a girl you're having, it's definitely, and I had, no, happened to me, happened to me with Bowden. And even this time I'm like, I literally don't have to shave. Yeah. It's so great. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because that happened to me certainly with Bowden. It's not as like crazy this time as it was with Bowden was Bowden. I was like, literally I shaved like, Oh, I mean a week ago and it's yeah. not even yeah. where normally I have to shave, you know, like every yeah. other, I feel like that's so every other funny. Day. I know I'm the same way, but during yeah. pregnancy, it just was like, Nope, you're good. And I'm like, yeah. And my hair. Yeah, 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 I was like, I had like thick hair, but I like, I'm like, this is the best of every world because I got the hair, but then I don't have the leg hair and, <laughs> right. you know, I know, so yeah, <laughs> so I who knows it might be a girl. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to I see. Know. What would you even do with a girl after having three boys? See, that's what I say. And there's <laughs> such a huge, huge assumption that I want, that I want a yeah. girl that, yeah. you know, and I talk about it on my page all yeah. the time because in some ways, I guess I can like spill the beans a little bit on here. Like a boy feels more comfortable for me because I have yeah. three at this point. So to me, it's just like plug and chug. Like I know, mm-hmm. and there's like, I would love either one. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, I want right. this or I want that, right. um, which more power to you. If like you have an opinion about what you want for me, I'm kind of like, I just feel more comfortable. Like yeah. I can see the pros to both, but um, the thought of a girl is a little bit like scarier to me because yeah, after two boys, you're just like, we're girls. Right. But I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Something like feels foreign about that. And yeah, no, I totally get it. I, we don't plan on having an, a third child, but if we yeah. did, like I would 
totally take a, a boy sounds three boys sound great. Like it's just totally you're just like, okay, I did it two times before now. Like let's third time. Totally. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I could pump out like six boys. Yeah. Maybe a girl. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like I might have other questions. I don't know. So <laughs> totally yeah, we'll see. Totally but, get it. Um, I'm excited, excited for you. I know yeah. I'm excited for you. So I have one last question with this pregnancy, yeah. with this birth, do you plan on doing anything different? Well, I'd be curious to know, and I've been following you long enough, but I still don't know. I'm curious, like, like what was your, and it's, I don't know if it's personal for you, but like, what made you want to go like the unmedicated route? Like why? I just, I'm curious to hear that. From you. Yeah. So personally, I, the first time I wanted to do it because my mom had a C-section with me and she had a very long labor with me pushed for a long time. She had an epidural. And so I have seen in my practice that the less interventions really kind of the better odds you are of having a vaginal delivery, avoiding a C-section. So I knew I had that. My mom had that history of having a C-section with me after having a rough labor. And I've always just, before I had kids, you know, I've been a labor and delivery nurse. I had been a labor and delivery nurse for a few years before having kids and taking care of different types of patients. And I just have always been very attracted to like moms who go natural and just very like fascinated by it. Yeah. Why sure. people do it, you know? So I started reading birth stories. I started reading, listening, you know, to some of my coworkers talk about, you know, going without epidurals. I, my mom, my mom actually with my sister, she didn't have an epidural and just hearing, um, different points of view of like how you re- like, it's it, the craziest thing with my first, I didn't experience this with my second, with my first, such a, intense, cool feeling was going from having, being in so, so much pain. And then all of a sudden you're not in pain anymore. And like your baby's right there. So it's like this crazy, totally. And you get like this crazy, crazy high, at least I did. Interesting. Um, And that doesn't happen with every birth. It obviously didn't happen the second time around with Rylan for sure. It took me like a little bit to get that kind kind of of like get your bearing. Yeah. Get that kind of birth high. But after my first one, I felt like, so on top of the world, you just like feel feel so crazy good. So yeah, it was just combination of, of kind of a lot of different things of trying to avoid a C-section, um, just being interested in it and, and kind of just seeing if I could do it because I had had patients, you know, before and had taken care of patients who had gone unmedicated. So I was just really curious and I wanted to see, I I went into it with a very open mind and knowing my options and knowing that I could get an episode, but I really, you know, wanted to give it my, my best. Um, and I was able to do it. And then with Rylan, I was really on the fence with my, with in the beginning in during his pregnancy of like, I'm really curious what an epidural is like, you know? Sure. Um, But ultimately I was like, well, I've done it once before I can, I can probably do it again. It's probably going to be even faster, you know, not that Walter's my first one was a long, uh, long by any means, but to me it felt long, but you know, with my, how long was it? I'm just curious for information gathering purposes. Sure. Sure. (laughs) So with his, uh, I woke up at 7am 
Um, and then I labored at home, irregular kind of contractions, four to five ish minutes apart, kind of all day until about okay. eight, eight or nine o'clock. And then I went into the hospital and I was at about, uh, five ish centimeters. So that five ish kind of mark of those kind of painful contractions. Okay. And then I ended up having him at 3am. So it was okay. another six hours. So it was like, that's a pretty normal, like uh, sure. Honestly, like pr- very normal, almost short, shorter kind of labor Absolutely. once you get to that active point. And then with yeah. Ryland, what happened is I went faster. His whole thing, like Walters was the whole thing was 20, you know, hours Right. Um, with Ryland. It was the whole thing was about eight hours, but I stalled at the very end at like nine and a half centimeters. Oh, <laughs> I was like doing really well. And at that like, point, okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's I was, probably like the hardest part, oh, is God. it? I it don't know. So, it was very, very hard. So I was able to push through and I, you know, I, it was fine, but I yeah. mean, there were points during that hour and a half or whatever that I stalled that I was just like, holy crap. What, uh, can oh. I get an epidural? <laughs> So you're like, I'm and I almost Bring did. I mean, I almost did. If I could have sit, sat still, cause, cause I'm the kind of person that I have, I have to move. Like move. I can't sit still when I'm in pain. And I no. think if I had been able yeah. to sit still, I probably would have been like, you, you probably know, would guys, come you know back what? in. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. So, okay. So at that point, then how long were you in that stage before you had him before I had him? So I yeah. stalled at the very end. It was about an hour and a half where I was at like nine and a half centimeters. So that was, rough. Oh. and that just, I mean, it, it happens, but it doesn't happen, you know, all the time, uh, um, like but yeah. nine and a half centimeters for about an hour and a half. And then oh, once Lord. he turn. So both of my babies, I had really intense back labor, back pain because they were both turned the wrong way. They were OP. Oh no. So once he turned and I started kind of pushing at nine and a half centimeters. And once he turned, I pushed for like 15 minutes and he came right out. It was just, yeah, it was just cause he was turned and he was a pound bigger. So my, so Walter was six pounds. He was tiny. He was six pounds, four ounces. And then Ryland was seven pounds, three ounces. So he was a little bit bigger, but I think sure. it was just the matter of him being him tur- being yeah. turned. But I have said, I've, I just said it the other day on my story. Like if there is ever a third baby, like, I think I really want to invest in that epidural and see what do like. you interesting. Yeah. I, I yeah. You know, I don't, if, if I could control it, everything, if I could promise myself that I'm not going to stall, like totally, totally I would do it again on Medicaid because yes, it's such I an feel intense, you. crazy experience, but I, you know, I can't. There are those moments where it's yeah. like, is I this worth? Yeah. I mean, you can't. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I tell people too, is you can't guarantee an epidural that's going to work perfectly either. Like there sure. are plenty of moms that I take care of you know, or moms that take my birth courses and they get up, they choose to get epidurals and then they end up being one-sided epidurals or they still have break. Totally. And they're like, I'm really glad I took your course. And I, you know, I knew, knew. what to do. Like in yes. case I had this pain because it wasn't a perfect epidural. Now totally. with yours, it sounds like you had pretty good, like, but all three times you had pretty good coverage. I did. And okay, I was good. just talking to my friend about that because she was like, I don't think it even worked with my second, yeah, whereas hers worked common. with her first. 
And I'm like, mine worked all three times. It was just a matter of like the dosage difference. And it's, yeah. it, it was just slightly like stronger sometimes like yeah. where I almost lighted, like I liked and preferred a little bit lighter because yeah. once I forget who it was with, it's all like jumbled together, but I couldn't even like move my legs, yeah, like, like even the legs, feeling yeah. dead. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like to be able to kind of move my legs. Like I know yeah. I can't get up and walk, but I feel like you should kind of be able to move them. Right. So, like where one would be like dead. And I, right. and it took a while to kind of like wake up and I still have, it's probably from the delivery, but like some nerve, Mm. uh, things, you know, not bad, but when I shave over it, I'm like, Oh, yeah. that's the leg that was dead. <laughs> I wonder who knows, who knows, who knows. But, yeah. um, yeah, I thought about, dare I say, thought about like doing, <laughs> is it, do you call it an unmedicated birth? I don't want to like offend I, anybody. What I do know. you guys call it? So I, I call, I kind of interchange a lot of different words and I actually in my, the natural series, I have okay. like a disclaimer, like a special section that know. says like, Hey, I call this the natural series and I use the word natural, but like, totally not like in any way, shape, totally. or form, tr- that you you're know, unnatural a, or whatever yeah, a dig yeah. against moms who have C-sections or anything like that. Totally. Just, just, that's just it's just the, the term. Use. Absolutely. It's, it's hard for me even sometimes to say unmedicated because Per, I didn't go unmedicated. I got IV pain medicine through my, okay. I didn't get an epidural, but I got IV pain medicine. So I okay. feel like my birth wasn't unmedicated. Totally I did unmedicated. Get IV, IV pain medication. I did utilize nitrous oxide. And I mean, that's okay. another form, you know? Okay. Um, I have a question on that. Can yeah. you just like ask for it? Like as you need it, it or depends. is there like, rec- like, I assume there's probably like, you can't have it the whole time. Cause I would yeah. be like, Oh my gosh, put this thing on my face. Yeah. So with nitrous oxide here in the States, um, it, it, not all hospitals are, are to have it available. Okay. It's a little bit more popular overseas. Um, okay. our, my hospital like literally had just gotten it when I was in labor with my first one. So that's why I wanted okay. to try it. Um, okay. I was not a fan of it, but I've, it's kind of, is that like this, laughing gas? It's similar to lack, laughing okay. gas. Yeah. It's a little bit different, um, ratio, like the nitrous and the oxygen. Um, but it's very similar. What I tell moms is, don't expect it to take away of any of your pain. Okay. Uh-huh. It's not meant to do that. It's more of just, it's more A meant mental. to just like, yeah, to just make you not care about Chill you. Right. Interesting. So you can, so if you know it about that, then you usually it's like, you can utilize it a little bit better. You're not sure it to really take away your pain. But if moms go into it, no thinking that like, oh, this is like, if I breathe into this, this yeah. is going to take my pain away, then their expectations are not met. <laughs> right. Totally. So, so nitrous oxide is one of the ones, if you have it available, you can ask for it. But here's the disclaimer with COVID, unfortunately, oh. they've taken nitrous oxide away because it airlizes COVID Got it. Really well, I guess. Um, okay. So our hospital hasn't had it in place ever since COVID started. Interesting. Um, I don't know that a lot of hospitals are. So would that change your decision if you knew you didn't have access to that to go unmedicated? Um, me personally, no, because I didn't no. use it with Rylands at all. Got you. I didn't, That's right. I didn't like it with Walter, so I was like, I, I don't Got care it. about it. Um, Got it. I think okay, if so you yeah. didn't like rely on it, no. you kind of no. just wanted to see how it went. Yeah. And mentally, it didn't like, I guess, 
you know, cause when your baby's here, it's like, you don't want to be what I think I like about the epidural and I don't know anything else. Um, but it doesn't seem to like, like affect my brain. Right. So it when my baby's yeah. here, yeah. um, and maybe slightly because you're going through intense pain and you're like not feeling any of it. So that can be a little bit of a trip, but like, yeah. Um, all in all, I like feeling like present when yeah. Um, yeah. the baby is there. And so I don't know, it's worked so well for me that I feel like I like, and I'm glad that you said that with the intervention, especially coming from like a labor and delivery nurse that mm-hmm. like, because you hear rumors that like, oh, it doesn't matter like when you get it, mm-hmm. right? That epidural. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've always had this theory, I don't know, it just makes sense where I just like to go kind of as long as I can, which I know I can go the whole way if I like decide. But for me, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take it as far as I can and then bring in the big guns. And then I can kind of like relax and like sit there and kind of wait. Whereas if I didn't do that, I'm like, God, it would be, it would just depend. Right. And the thing I think that's hard about it is you don't know how it's going to go. So it's like, like you said, you could stall at nine and a half Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh, I could barely get through like five centimeters. So like, I can't even imagine (laughs) having bypassed the opportunity to get it. I mean, can we do it? Yes. Right. It's like, we're made to do this. Um, but I think, I don't know. I have, you know, there are people who on their third and fourth are like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to try. I don't know. I think I would have to read through your, you know, here's what we're going to do, Brooke. I'll give you access (laughs) to my natural course. You can go through it. Okay. I will. If you're into it, you go for, I have a lot of people who take the natural course and they're like, you know, like gung ho. I need a refresher. And then they take it. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So you'll go through it. And if you want to incorporate that, then fine. If not, I talk about epidurals in that course as well. And what to expect. You obviously had epidurals before, so you'd be fine. But I think that would probably like ease your mind a little bit too. Yeah. Like, Hey, this is what I need to know. Yeah. This is what I need to know just in case I want to go a little bit more natural, but yeah. And to be honest, like I'd love to go, which is so silly because we all have like these wants and desires for our births, but like, I'd love to go a little bit farther this time. Like I'm not, I will get an epidural and I will, you know, I'll stand by it, but there is something about, yeah, like going, I do love, which is so weird, but I like, I love to feel not love, but like I just want to feel that pain. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I want to know that. It's not that... weird. A lot of people say that. A right. A lot of people say that. Yeah. It's yeah. like you, and you feel very grounded almost in a You do. Yeah. You're like, I feel very connected to this process. Yeah. Whereas when you get the epidural, there is a sense of like, I don't know what my body is doing. Like, yeah. even when I'm talking about Bowdoin's experience, my last birth, you know, I'm glad I got the epidural. I wouldn't yeah. have changed it. But like, had I not, yeah. that whole experience would have been entirely different because I would have, she probably, probably would have been so. in there mm-hmm. like checking me. I mean, I would have had to have somebody in there probably like regularly with me, I assume. Um, okay. Wait. And then I have one more question. Did you have a doula or you are just a pro? And oh you- no, I had to. So this is what I did with my first one. Um, I had one of my friends come in, 
um, who is another coworker. She just came in and she acted as my doula because she okay. is a labor and delivery nurse. She can act as a doula. So yeah. she came in and was my support person doula. And then next time around, I kind of did the same thing that I had, mm-hmm. but she was already at work. I didn't have to call her to like come in. She was just already there. So I had two, I had my nurse and my labor and delivery nurse, and then, um, another coworker of mine, but really the biggest difference between my first one and my second one is my husband was like scared out of his mind the first time. And just not a good, I mean, he was there and a support person, but he was just like, what the Didn't is know. going on? Yeah. Totally. So the second time around, I really prepped him. I made him take at least parts of my course sure. <laughs> that I recommend. So I, I know my husband would it. be like, what? Yeah. We talked about it beforehand. I told him like, okay, this is what I need from you to be supportive. It was like, I don't need you to do any of like the hands-on kind of stuff. I just need you to, you know, encourage like me. Verbal and, coach. Right. Yeah. Right. And he did phenomenal and he latched on to that perfectly. Aww. And it was great. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did super great. So that's kind of what I did. I know that you know, we, I, in my course, I say doulas are awesome. I 100% recommend doulas if you can afford them Um, there, you know, it is an expense, but don't go into debt just to hire a doula, like your labor and delivery should be able to should be able to support, but it just kind of enhances everything. That's how I absolutely my mom and I were talking about it and she got epidurals with both my sister and I, but she's like, had I, yeah, they said with her, and I know that it can be like genetic based on how your mom birthed and stuff. They yeah. said if she would have not gotten it with, and again, don't know if this is true, uh, but if she would have not, her labors would have been like, like fast. And so she was like, if I had a doula, I maybe would have considered that because yeah. she's like, I couldn't have done it. And I don't think my dad was like well-versed and like how to do it. We didn't have, we don't have the resources, you know, yeah. they're not going to like, so And I think that would be cool. Like now that you're saying that to have like my husband be more a part of like the experience, because I couldn't, for me personally, I couldn't do it like without his health. And he's like, used to play professional soccer and he coaches all our boys teams. So I'm like, he would be so good at it. It could be Mm -hmm. a fun way Mm -hmm. to like, to really connect. Yeah. Like to have him like be really part of, cause I'm always like, you don't even know how contractions feel. Like I wish he could. I just yeah. wish he could. He like knew, right? Yeah. Just not to punish okay, him. You know but what? You're to gonna know. love it. You're gonna love. We'll get you in the course and we'll have you yeah. go through it. You can get a nice refresher if you want to go for it and go natural. Then like awesome. Yeah. Um, if not, then you got the you know educational totally. the education that you need absolutely just to get a refresher. So absolutely, that'd be great. That's perfect. Cool. Well, we'll we'll see. I'll keep you posted. But I love good. yeah, I'd love to look. When at it. when are you due? So I'm due September 14th. September 14th. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this episode will probably come out. I'll have to look a little bit after that, but we will definitely get an update from you um, after you have your baby because I want to have you back on to hear all of that. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Knock on wood. I'm like, this one better be the easiest (laughs) out of all of them. But anyway. All right, Brooke. Well, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was so fun just to chat about you and your births and this little fourth baby who's a surprise who we don't know. I know. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it big time. This was fun.
All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.